You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you will explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Friday, everybody. You got it right. We are here for another Friday free talk. But before I jump into today's episode, I have a couple of announcements. First, I'm feeling a little sick, so you might hear a little sniffles. Just bear with me if if you do. I'm so sorry. I promise to try and get better by the next time I record. Next, is super, super exciting for me, and it's actually, I owe it all to you, to, yeah, you guys. We've hit 1,000 followers for the podcast. Thank you so, so much. I'm so stoked, and it makes me so happy that you guys are enjoying what we're putting out there, and I hope that you're finding you know, inspiration or education or um, that little extra umph of energy on the days that you're able to to listen to the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. That seems like such a crazy number for me and that's wild. Thank you so much for all of the support. Now on to the good stuff. Today I'm talking about why I support parents who have anxiety and this is something that I come across often and it's something that comes up um, a lot in referrals so um, I think it started out with with one or two parents who you know felt like I really was a grounding force for for their anxious thoughts during this whole process and it grew from there and so anytime or not anytime but a lot of times when I'm referred by um, by a past client to someone, it often involves, you know, some piece of of the mental health or the the anxious, the anxiety piece. Um, and so, I sat down to think about why and how this happened, and um, you know what what made me so organically kind of prepared for this and. It was something that I had never sat down to really, really dive into before. Um, and so I wanted to share it with you guys. And I think it all comes back to fear for me. So fear's everywhere, right? It's like fear-based care in the birth world. And we see the results of fear every day in our country, um, you know, from both sides and all angles. And there's just so much fear out there. There's fear in raising children. There's fear in sleep. There's fear in, oh my goodness, there's fear in everything, right? There's so much fear. And so you have to I don't know. I think people get through it in all sorts of ways, actually. So for me, I have to just remember 
you know, that there is evidence out there and there is research out there and to rely on that and to really go back to that, but to also take into account, um, I guess, everyday people's stories. So I love to just ask questions about this to um, clients that I work with or uh, my family members and Nicholas's family, um, people who I meet in the birth world. You know, people are eager to share their birth stories if they know that you take a genuine interest and there is a purpose in you asking. Um, people can really connect with that. So I think it comes back to fear for me, right? In that in the birth world, there's such a fear of the unknown and I am, I try to be that voice of reason and to show parents that it actually doesn't have to be the unknown, right? There are some unknowns. There are absolutely some some places that you cannot predict anything at all, but there is prep that you can do. You can definitely, definitely, definitely prepare yourself and think through things ahead of time to prepare yourself, right? To like not be caught off guard, which when you're having a baby is not the time that you want to be caught off guard and trying to make decisions that you you never really thought you were going to have to make, right? So you just kind of want to think through these things. I don't think that you have to have a solid stance one way or another, but enough that if it came down to it, you could make a decision. And that is the prep work that you should be doing beforehand. And that is kind of how I think that you can mitigate this fear of the unknown and turning that fear into power and being able to control your thoughts and guide your thoughts into the way that you want them you want them to play out you know it's all about the energy that you bring I wanted to touch back on fear-based care in America and it is wildly just so strong and it just like runs rampant in the birth world and I see it oh it is the worst when it is like Fear-based care has led to an unnecessary cesarean birth or an unnecessary induction or uh, an unnecessary intervention or this or that. You know, if there, it just, it really, it just irks me so bad. And the best, the best tool that you have to fight against fear-based care is education. So educate yourself, go out and read articles, get information, get information on both sides so that you can understand where you stand on the issue. But then if it is something that you fundamentally, you just really truly cannot see eye to eye on with your provider and you, you know it has the potential to affect your birth one way or the other, I do recommend you explore changing providers. Um, sometimes who you've been seeing for maybe your whole life, maybe your entire pregnancy and you're, you're really far along, it's never too late. And, you know, again, if you feel like it's going to impact your birth one way or the other and you're not comfortable with that, you have a choice and you can control this. It might be very hard, but I do challenge you to dig deep and really think about what you want. Back to the discussion of big decisions and kind of knowing your options and being educated when you're having a baby is not the time that you want to be caught off guard and trying to make decisions that you, 
you never really thought you were going to have to make, right? So you just kind of want to think through these things. I don't think that you have to have a solid stance one way or another, but enough that if it came down to it, you could make a decision. And that is the prep work that you should be doing beforehand. And that is kind of how I think that you can mitigate this fear of the unknown and turning that fear into power and being able to control your thoughts and guide your thoughts into the way that you want them you want them to play out you know it's all about the energy that you bring right so why I started to look into why how did this organically happen like I, I never set out to be um the doula that was referred to when when you had a lot of anxiety, I never even thought that never even crossed my mind, right? And so I set out and I started to ask why and what that, what was I bringing to the table that I wasn't aware of? And the feedback that I got back was, you know, that they felt like they could trust me anything. You trust me with anything. They felt like they could tell me anything. They felt um, like I never judged them. They felt always very comfortable um, telling me really sensitive things and I you know they a lot of times things start with like I have not ever told anybody this or you know I haven't talked to anybody about this since or you know I haven't even told my partner about this stuff like that and I didn't know I had no idea what what made it that way and so I just kept asking, I think, and so I came up with, because I get it, you know, and then sometimes on the podcast, you hear me say, because this person really gets it, they really get it, I think that's who I am for anxiety, so I really get it, and it makes it easier to to kind of talk about things. I also think that a lot of times I'm showing you the evidence and there's a lot of comfort to be found in like hard numbers and hard words and paragraphs and information that kind of proves things, right? Or at least helps you think in a more critical way. And some people take information different than others, right? And so you have people who rely very heavily on information um, and think very critically about the research and what they want. And then some people just want to read an article or two, and from that they are able to, to make their decision. Then you have this societal piece of society tells you to stay strong and resist and, like, remain in control and, um, you know... I don't know, society just doesn't tell you to embrace the change. Instead, I do. I challenge you to really lean into it and allow space for new things and new information and new experiences and new point of views, new perspectives, new ways of thinking, new ways of approaching things. Just make space for new things because... Everything's new, you know, especially for first-time parents. And even if this is, you know, a, your second, third, fourth, fifth pregnancy, they're all very different. Um, 
sometimes they look similar, but there will be differences. And the same can be said about postpartum too, especially first-time children. It's all so new. Um, and then your second, third, fourth, fifth children will be different. It just is, it's very individualized. And so I really challenge you to lean into it. Anytime there's something that is, you know, challenging you to learn or deal with change or is, you know, maybe threatening the stability in your schedule that you have right now or the systems you have in place, I really challenge you to be open to it. This applies to your body as well because it doesn't really matter if you are pregnant or just had your baby postpartum or, you know, your baby is even a couple years old. Your body is still changing, you know. It's um, it's really all about perspective. So that's what I try and do is bring it back to perspective because perspective is everything. It truly does dictate the energy that you put out, which dictates the energy that you get back in return. It's like a, a cycle. So I'm talking about like the approaches that we use, how we react to situations or in certain situations, reframing our inner monologue, revamping the language that we use, really being intentional about the way that you look at yourself and your body and the way that you, you know, you think about those, which goes back to your inner monologue and the language that you're using about yourself. So I'm going to give you some steps that, you know, I kind of take and these are, these are solid things that you can you can do each day in, in little reminders that will help keep you on track. So first, I want you to reframe the negative thinking to positive thinking. And this often starts with, yep, your language, right? So the way that you talk about your body, your baby, your pregnancy, your birth, that will affect the energy of your body, your baby, your pregnancy, your birth. It's all connected to the way that you think about it is the way that you're going to talk about it, which is the way that other people are going to perceive it. So the energy that you're putting out is the energy that you're going to get from other people because you're setting that tone. So use words like pressure instead of pain if that makes a difference to you. Or words that are gentler like the water's releasing instead of your water's breaking. Think about those surges as progress rather than pain. If, if using this language is powerful for you, and some people it's not, but if it is, use it. Really utilize this language and and use it to your advantage and other people around you will start to catch on. They'll start to use the same language and if they don't, if it bothers you, you can ask them um, and then, you know, you don't know. They might reach out to you and ask you and that's your that's your chance to not only educate them, but also put in your request that they follow the same language or that they use the same supportive tone when when they're around you and they're talking about your pregnancy. Step, explore your headspace and hold it. So this means really digging deep sometimes and your headspace plays such a huge role um, and it's really, really important because it guides and protects you. It really does guide your thoughts, but also protect you from that fear-based care that I talked about earlier. And it, it also means that you need to you need to look into things that what are what are triggers to you and, and what makes you anxious and your worries and your fears and your concerns, um, but also why you have those. Um, 
And yeah, digging deep is really, really hard. And I hear all the time in the feedback that I have is that people are really appreciative that I I make them dig really deep. You know, I keep nudging them to dig further and further and further. Um, and it's done in such a way that it's really empowering. And, and as you start to discover things, you can see the puzzle pieces kind of fall together. So, you know, and this is where the evidence comes in because it's really just in the evidence. Um, we go over like what the evidence is and and then we talk we talk through it and I meet you where you're at and I think that's really important is that um, you know you have to find someone who balances you but also is able to accommodate no matter where you are um, in your thinking and no matter actually what your end goal is because everyone's end goal is is different. Also that's something that, that comes into to play here is self-care. Like you want to be taking care of yourself. You want to be having those moments of, of kind of disconnecting with the world around you and connecting with just yourself and your body and your baby and your mind um, so that you can have that clarity. You can make those discoveries. So really holding it once you once you find it so so that you're going into your birth really prepared. Number three, battle the body shamers. This one's short because I did an episode on it. Um, visit episode number 10 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast to see my stance on body shamers. I won't get on my soapbox right now and I'll leave it at surround your people who build you up understand your end goal, are supportive of you, and talk kindly about you, your body, your baby, your relationship, people who are positive and people who build you up and encourage you. Yep, that's it. That's where I'll leave it. Number four, trust that your body knows what it's doing. This is a tricky one. So you have people who are like, absolutely trust what your body you know, trust that your body knows what it's doing. I'm going to drink the the Enamé Gaskin Kool-Aid and have my baby on the farm and all of that jazz. And that's awesome. And I think that it leads to very beautiful births. And I've never had a baby. I don't know what I'll feel when I go to have a baby. Maybe that will be me. I am um, definitely interested in checking it out. But then you have people who have stories where they've had multiple children and their body literally doesn't doesn't open up. Their body literally doesn't work with them. Or you have women who have labored for days and days and days and days and their providers were totally supportive and their providers were totally innovative and their providers were you know, trying to be creative, and they literally tried everything, and they had all the people, right, so they had the actor, the acupuncturist, and the massage therapist, and the midwife, and they called in special eyes, and a doula, and, you know, their best friend who has had 12 children of their own, and they did all their research, and, you know, they did all the things, and it just didn't work, so you have all ends of the spectrum, so that's not actually what I mean when I say trust that your body knows what it's doing. I guess there's a little caveat that 
is kind of the root of what I'm trying to get at, and that is, but be open to the answer. So I think there's a reason that sometimes our bodies don't work like we think they should or like we're expecting them to work. I also think that it's really hard to accept that, especially in the moment and especially, double especially, if you haven't thought about that as an option. If you haven't explored that things might take a right hand or a left hand turn or even a U-turn, you know, I think you're really doing yourself a disservice because it's something you should definitely consider before going into your birth. And it all goes back to me saying in your birth, in this really intense, it doesn't have to be super high energy, but either way, it's very intense. It can be very calm and gentle. It's intense nonetheless. We're bringing life into the world, right? So you're working super, super hard. It's intense. That's not the time that you want to be making really big decisions if you haven't thought about them. So sometimes that means you've done all that you can and your body is still not working with you. And sometimes, quite frankly, it feels like your body is working against you. That is so frustrating and I've seen it and it is, it can be really hard. It can be devastating almost in the moment. It's super, super hard pill to swallow. But I do think that there's a reason and oftentimes when we talk about your birth and that has been your experience, when you look back, there's generally something that you're able to understand a little deeper and say, ooh, that may have been why my body said this baby can't happen like this. This birth can't be done like this. I need a little bit of help to get this baby out because what we're doing right now isn't working. Which all goes back to perspective, see, and also language. So do you hear how a cesarean birth can actually be just assistance for your body? Your body just needed a little help to get your baby out and there was probably a reason and so being grateful for you know a cesarean assisted birth essentially so there's all sorts of things that you can do here to to reframe that negative thought process and energy into positive number five and and, and the final thing is to remember that this is temporary it gets better and it gets easier I promise you'll get the hang of it you will get there I promise You know, stay in your own lane. Don't compare yourself to other moms on the block or on the Facebook group or in your supper club or your book club or in the office. Your baby is not their baby and their baby is not your baby. And what you see going right for them means that you see that one thing going right and they probably have nine other things going wrong and you just don't get to see that. And the same would show in the world. So... Try and keep it real. Let other moms know that it's okay to not have all the answers. It is okay to feel like an octopus and that you need so many arms and legs. Sometimes this learning curve is 
harder for others and sometimes it comes at different stages so you hear parents have all sorts of journeys and at different points things are easier or harder which just goes back to stay in your own lane and try not to compare it's really really hard it takes time to learn not only that but to learn your systems and your routines and that balance and learning what allows your family to to be successful and finally find your village so lean on those people who really lift you up and encourage you and who are there to help you raise your children you know to give you that break so that you can take a 20 minute walk around the neighborhood or you can go get that hour massage or you can get away for the weekend so there you have it folks those are my tips for dealing with anxiety when you're going through transitions like trying to conceive, expecting a baby, and the postpartum period. Number one, reframe your negative headspace into positive headspace. And this often starts with language. Explore your headspace and hold it. So really dig deep. Don't be afraid. Don't shy away. Lean in. And once you find it, hold it right there. Battle the body shamers. I just giggle because, ooh, body shamers, right? Surround yourself with people who love you, encourage you, support you, understand your end goal, and are there to, to, help, you, to help you reach your end goal. Number four, trust that your body knows what it's doing, but more importantly, be open to its answers. And number five, this is temporary. You're going to get the hang of it. It seems a little hard right now. I promise there is light at the end of the tunnel. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Thank you so much for being part of our 1,000 followers who are following along in this journey and listening to our episodes and really fighting the good fight of getting awareness out there. And I appreciate you. We all hang out on Facebook. Um, you can search our group at The Tranquility Tribe Podcast. I look forward to seeing you on our page. I drop in there every now and then and say hello and really hang out with you guys. And I'm excited to share this space with you. Thanks. Did you know you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching The Tranquility Tribe Podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is at Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers. <laughs>